Thomas Coffee Metal Podcast, episode 123. Greetings and welcome to the Thomas Coffee Metal Podcast. I am your host, Don Cardenas, and I hope you're having a fantastic week. So it's been a minute since I've had an intro in front of some episodes. I've been posting some up on YouTube uh, in video format as well as releasing the audio format, and that's been a lot of fun. But I have some recommendations this week, and I kind of miss just uh, putting some of those out there. So here we are. Um, just a quick update in Comics Coffee Metal Land. Uh, things are progressing awesomely, I should say. Uh, Evie and the Hellsings 2 is being fulfilled out to all the backers. I have uh, another commission to wrap up and uh, I think a few more books to send out. We're still awaiting some other people to uh, fill out their surveys, but everything that's got to get out to people is uh, almost wrapped up, almost done. I'm going to be putting some finishing touches in the song. Hopefully I'll have that out for uh, December. And yeah, I'm currently uh, knee deep in Spend the Night issue four. Um, I spoke to uh, Jackie Kong a bunch and... Uh, there's going to be a little bit of a break between issue four and the next issue. Uh, she's going to be releasing a trade paperback of the first four issues. And we're going to be, uh, I guess she's going to be uh, figuring out a, a kind of a different release schedule um, and, and all that. We'll still be, be distributed through Lunar distri- Distribution. But uh, Jackie's also going to be running Kickstarters for every issue to kind of, you know, attract that other audience that that kind of missed out on the third issue um which you then have a kickstarter for eventually but um it was kind of uh decided upon by her to just do it for every issue just to make sure the people who usually get stuff from kickstarter can get the book too so um that's uh going ahead i don't see myself being any less busy because as soon as i wrap up this issue it's right back on evening and the helsing's number three which i'm really excited to uh get started on as well and yeah, just super busy, you know, uh, doing the podcast, doing some videos, stuff for the podcast. I got a chance to interview Tyler Maine, the man behind, you know, the OG Sabretooth in the original X-Men movie, uh, the man behind the Michael Myers mask in the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, and his own really cool looking Kickstarter for Red Tape, um, The Last Spartan. And yeah, you know, on top of just interviewing the usual cool people I have been, uh, like today's guests. I'm really excited to talk to uh, these folks, um, Dalton DeShane and Dylan Roth from Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe podcast. If you're not familiar with the podcast, way back in, was it 2017, uh, Universal released The Mummy starring Tom Cruise, and that was intended to kind of launch the you know, uh, unified cinematic universe, The Dark Universe, with uh, you know a bunch of big name stars, the Universal Monsters, and after that movie kind of flopped, um, not kind of, it, it tanked pretty hard. Plans were scrapped. But uh, Dylan and Dalton, they took it upon themselves to say, what if it didn't? So they take the original 2017 Mummy movie uh, starring Tom Cruise, and they launched a you know uh, pitch-based cinematic universe from there. So every episode, they kind of one of them takes a movie uh, that would be in that universe, pitches it to the other one, and it's grown into this really, really cool, just gigantic cinematic universe of movies that uh, I really wish existed in real life. There's some really cool ideas, really cool um, just takes on some of these universal monsters. 
And the podcast has gotten to a point to where they're, you know, when they do their big crossover Avengers-style movie with all these monsters, they have voice actors come in. They, and every episode's got some, you know, music uh, composed by Dylan Roth on there. It's just really, really I absolutely love this podcast. And Dalton, I've worked with Dalton on, uh, he's the creator and writer of Monocle. I've done some stories for uh, for them a couple of times, and I hope to do more in the future. And I really, you know, just appreciate their voice as a writer. And I didn't know Dylan before the podcast, but I also, uh, you know, really appreciate his work as a writer as well. And they were just really, really two awesome people to finally sit down and chat with. So I'm really excited to have that interview today. But uh, aside from all that, I do have some awesome recommendations. So let's get to those. First and foremost, I have a really, really awesome comic book recommendation, and that is the first issue of the brand new Mad Cave series, Skeeters, uh, written by Bob France, Kevin Cuff, illustrated by Kelly Williams, lettered by Chaz Pangburn, with a logo and book design by Camilo Sanchez. This book is just absolutely awesome. If you're familiar with Bob and Kevin, uh, they're the masterminds or madmen, I should say, behind a Metal Shark Bro and uh, the Dust Pirates and a bunch of other cool stuff. Uh, you, If you're listening to this, you, you know who Kelly Williams is. You know, uh, Kelly's a bud. He's been on the podcast quite a few times. I absolutely adore his art. It's really, really awesome stuff. And this book is, it's, it's, it's like peanut butter and chocolate, man. Uh, Bob and Kevin's crazy ideas and, and Kelly's wild uh, art is just, ah, just chef's kiss. Amazing. Uh, Skeeters, uh, to give you an idea of what it is, you know, small town sheriff, mysterious government facility, uh, experiments and uh, unknown uh, entities get loose uh, in the form of a giant man eating mosquitoes. Uh, What more do you need? This gives me such like slither vibes and just like the old school 80s, just kind of... uh, just horror, you know, vibes with with all that, and it's it's really really fun. It's really really cool. I can't wait to see where the story goes. Uh, Bob and Kevin, they do a fantastic job of just like tossing you right in and getting the premise going. And Kelly's art, especially with the the, the giant skeeters, you know, you know, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be just you know lush and and gorgeous to look at, but also be really really fucked up. <laughs> Um, it's the, yes, the first issue it's out from mad cave. It's coming out on December 6th. Uh, once again, if you're, if you're a fan of something like slither or just any old school, you know, fifties B horror movie, you know, but done well (laughs) and not cheesy, just giving you those vibes of just that, that, that creepy nature of, of the, the unknown and these giant monstrous mosquitoes. Highly, highly recommend. Definitely go check it out. Skeeters from Mad Cave. It's out December 6th. There will be a pre-order link in the show notes. So for music recommendations, I do have a couple music recommendations. It's, it's been a really good uh, really good month for, uh, for music, uh, for me anyway, uh, in metal-wise. Uh, first and foremost, surprising no one, the uh, band Spirit Box released their new EP, The Fear of Fear, and I absolutely love it. It's awesome. It is six amazing songs that just this band just keeps further shaping their sound. And it's got some of the heaviest stuff they've ever done. And it's got some of the most, I guess, I don't want to say poppy, just like the most accessible 
you know, kind of lighter stuff they've done as well. And it's just a phenomenal display of what they are capable of and kind of where they're headed. And, you know, with their recent surprise smash collaboration with uh, Megan Thee Stallion on the Cobra remix, um, I'm not going to be surprised if they're just everywhere. Just absolutely everywhere. Which they deserve to be. They're an amazing band. Um, but yeah, the six tracks on here from Cellar Door, Jaded, The Void, Ultraviolet. It, it's, it's hard to pick one that's just the absolute standout because they all are just excellent. Uh, if, if I have to think about it, uh, Ultraviolet and uh, Jaded are probably the ones that I probably were most uh, drawn to, I guess, in the beginning. But for very different reasons, you know, the, the, just the, the heaviness of Jaded and just the almost ethereal nature of Ultraviolet. Uh, they're both just really, really good songs. Again, you know, I, I absolutely love this band. You know, they got the big heavy guitars, they got the groove, they got the, you know, really good melodic clean singing, they got the amazing growls, and it's just, you know, it's just a joy to listen to them, even when they're <laughs> when they're really angry and, and screaming, uh, screaming their heads off. It's 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 amazing stuff. Um, my second music recommendation uh, is it's really just one song, and to give some backstory. Uh, YouTube guitar personality uh, and musician Jared Dines put together Musician Mansion, which is basically a, a reality show with other YouTube musicians who are all fantastically talented and, and uh, you know entertaining in their own rights, and put them all in a mansion together, separated them into bands because there you know there's multiple drummers, guitar players, so on and so forth. And those bands had to come up with a name, come up with a song, and that kind of became the theme for their for the week they stayed there for stuff they would do. And one band in particular just somehow in the few hours they had to put together a song that would be their song just put together a fucking jam. And that is the band Sky Limit, which consists of vocalist Lauren Babick, bassist, but really guitar player, Andrew Baina, guitarist Sophie Burrell, guitarist Bradley Hall, and drummer Dylan Roy. Uh, their song, A Place You'll Never Find, has been just on repeat over here for a very, very, uh, very, very long time, uh, considering, <laughs> I guess, long time in that ever since it came out, it's just been it's just been on repeat, and I'm just really, really into this. And I really hope they, you know, come together again and make some more music. It was quite the combo here. And it's a really, really awesome song. And I'm going to give you some clips of both Spirit Box and Sky Limit. First up, we're going to go with a clip from Ultraviolet from Spirit Box and a clip from A Place to Never Find from Sky Limit. Two just amazing releases that I'm really, really stoked for. And if this type of thing is not your thing and you're looking for some more traditional metal type of stuff, I came across a band called... Uh, well, they're currently called Am I Blood, but they're originally called St. Mucus, which I, you can understand why they probably changed their name. But in 1996, they released their album, Am I Blood? And this is, it's fucking Metallica, <laughs> you know? And I don't recall where I came across this. I just remember I had this and I never checked it out. And this album sounds like the... Like, if Metallica had released this between Justice and the Black Album, 
I think people would have like said would have like thought the black album makes a lot more sense i you know i've listened to other albums from this band and while the vocal style is you know similar on this album he is doing james hetfield this is james hetfield without a doubt and i love it this is this is such a really fun album to listen to is this it's it feels like metallica i i don't know what else to say obviously there's you know, certain things they do here and there that, you know, you wouldn't really find in a Metallica album or whatever. But and I wish the production was just a little bit cleaner. But overall, it's just a, a really, really, really great set of metal songs. There's 14 tracks on here. You know, I'm I'm going to be honest, not all 14 tracks need to be on this album, but it's only 50 minutes. It's not that long. And yeah, it's just, if you're looking for something in that vein, this old school, you know, early 90s metal you know, the, uh, you're not going to go wrong with this. St. Mucus and My Blood. Um, and I'll also toss in a little clip of their track, A Battle Freak, on here. So, to recap, because <laughs> there's a lot of music I'm talking about right now. We're going to hear a little bit of Ultraviolet from Spearbox, The Fear of Fear. A little bit of A Place You'll, uh, You'll Never Find from Sky Limit. And a little bit of Battle Freak from St. Mucus and Am I Blood. So, that's it. Uh, hopefully, one of these music recommendations vibe with you guys. Uh, if not, uh, maybe I'll uh, better luck next time. But check them out.
Hey there, so before I continue on with the show, I just want to take a minute and talk about Zencaster. When I first started the podcast, it was very difficult to figure out a consistent and easy way to record my guests and have the audio be at a quality I was accepting and happy to have and distribute and put my name on. And on top of that, you know, having a way to distribute the podcast easily to all these multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon, figuring all that could be an absolute nightmare. And for a while it was. And then Zencaster came along and just made my life so much easier. From having from the source recording of my guests and having them be individual tracks and being able to process those in a way I prefer without having to lose any fidelity to just having just a very simple one-stop shop for all of this. Zencaster has saved me so much time and effort and this let me focus on making the best podcast I could possibly make. Uh, they have so many tools that I don't even take advantage of just because I'm a little more loosey-goosey with things. But if you are uh, a bit pickier about ums and ahs, they have post-production tools that will find those for you and boom, gone. They have so many cool features that, you know, it's too, almost too many <laughs> for for one person to take advantage of. Uh, it's kind of staggering. But if you're thinking about podcasting, if you are podcasting and you just need a simpler way to record your guests, get stuff done, get it out there. I cannot think of any other place besides Zencaster that will make it this easy for you. So if you are a podcaster, if you're thinking about podcasting and this sounds like something you need to take advantage of, which I don't see why it doesn't, <laughs> please go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code CCM and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I love listening to podcasts. I love making podcasts and I want everyone who's doing this to have as an easy time as possible doing this because when this stuff is easy, the podcasts become more fun. It's just more enjoyable. You're not stressing about how am I going to get this out? How am I going to get this edited? How am I going to do all these things? Zencaster's got you. So check them out. Zencaster.com slash pricing code CCM 30% off first month of a paid plan. Check it out. Thanks. Greetings and welcome to the Comics Coffee Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Don Cardenas, and today I am very pleased to have two amazing guests today. They are the hosts of probably my favorite current podcast going right now. Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dylan Roth, Dalton DeShane. Welcome to the show. That's too kind, Don. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much. Well, I, you know, I again, uh, ever since, ever since you both announced it, like I, I, I remember the the Frankenstein episode. You know, I was, <laughs> it, it helped me clean out my garage. It was, <laughs> oh, good, good. It made that task a lot, lot easier. Well, um, that's why we're our episodes now are pushing uh, past two hours because we know people yeah. have lots of chores to do, and we yeah. want to make sure we soundtrack the entire chore and that you don't run out of podcast too soon. When when I was working full time uh, at, at an office job, like I listened to probably a dozen different podcasts throughout the week. Yeah. But now that I don't, I find that the podcasts I do listen to, I just want them to be longer. <laughs> <I want> them <laughs> well, we are we we live so to I, serve. So whenever 
uh, uh, you're both like, oh, this one's going to be really long. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we found out. Like when we first started the podcast, we worked really hard to not make them longer than an hour. We were like, we don't want to waste people's time. We want to make things short. But then like all the feedback we've gotten is like people like the longer episodes and we've gotten more indulgent with the storytelling and everything. Yeah. So uh so yeah they've they're now like pushing past two hours a little bit but we also only release them every two weeks so yeah right. you know it's That's not like you have to you're not going to get a huge backlog if you if you listen to it over time it's actually shocking when people get in touch with us and tell us just how fast they burn through the first it's, two seasons of the show like someone be like oh i started listening to it over the weekend and i just got up to you know the phantom of the phantom i'm like what the that's, that's like 35 hours of podcasts you listen to. Like it must be like office job stuff or long commutes, you know, all that. Kind I of mean, I, I've, I've done that to podcasts before, yeah. you know, for sure. Um, I suppose, you know, podcast. people will binge 10 yeah. episodes of a TV show, but this they can do while they're at work. Or yeah. looking at yeah. their phone. And people yeah. love doing stuff while looking at phone. They sure do. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've long said that when, you know, when it comes to podcasts and, and, even, it's more referencing when I'm in terms of editing, how I don't try to edit too much because it's just like a one or two second pause. No one's really going to notice. Yeah. Because no one's sitting down this like almost, you know, pour a nice, you know, uh, glass of whiskey and sit next to a fire and listen to my favorite podcast. No one's doing that. You're <laughs> doing other things. So those little things that, you know, we as the people making it would obsess about like, oh, man, yeah. they're going to be really bothered by this. Um, here. I said, um, too many times or whatever. <laughs> Unless it's like really distracting and it's like constantly every other word, it's fine. No one's going to care. No one's going to notice. And I've done so, you know, having a hundred, this is my 124th episode of the show. Ooh, congrats. congrats. Ha- having done this many, I've tried so many different, like, does a half hour episode work more with people? Does this, it doesn't matter. It really <laughs> doesn't matter. As long as the content's good. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it all comes down to who am I talking to? What are we talking about? And that's it. Yeah. When I first started editing podcasts, I was really precious, like about all the silences, like cutting out any silence, like longer than a second and cutting out, you know, uh, any, any pause or stuttering that I'm doing right now, you know, and then the the longer I do it, the more I'm just like, no, it just sounds so much better when it's natural. And, you know, we, Mm -hmm. we, the thing about our podcast though, is that we're doing a lot of reading of scripts and things like that. And so, yeah. and we want it's, to keep the flow of the story going, so we will like if if we flub a line, if we mispronounce yeah. something, I'll cut that stuff out because I want the pacing of the story to still work. But I try to keep it as natural as possible, right? Because you don't want if you're listening to an audio book, you don't want the narrator filling in the ums. There's their filler <laughs> exactly. words, right? <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's kind of the trouble. Where like our our show is like fifty percent us talking about a movie that we've made up, uh, and then fifty percent reading the script that one of us yeah. has written for the movie that we made up. And like that part, like that's where like I'll, I add soundtrack mm-hmm. um, and where Dalton really has to tighten up all of my uh, verbal flubs. I, <laughs> I would say probably um, the other thing that's hard about the show getting longer is that Dalton edits the main podcast and mm-hmm. that's a chore uh, because <laughs> uh, yeah, we, uh, we can't stop. We we have to stop giving ourselves more work for the show. You have to stop, <laughs> in particular. I'm I'm fine with the work level that we're at. <laughs> I have not so far, apart from like one thing that I think I've already told you about. 
I have not added any new chores for us this season. I, I Okay, but literally, like, right before our last episode, you texted me and were like, hey, what if we got some, like, other people to come in and record all the different parts of that? I was like, no. <laughs> I, wanted to add editing. One, I wanted to add one more voice so that we could have a third, because I was writing all of these scenes of dialogue that involved more than two people. I'm like, this could be really confusing if it's just our two voices. Don, what if I brought in a friend and Dalton there. had to, to, to nip that right in the bud? But that's important. No. Yeah. You know, you, you know, Dalton, I, I want to sympathize with you, but I I also have those tendencies to just like, <laughs> I can do 10% more and it'll, it'll feel like it's 50% better. Yes, mm-hmm. let's do that. And yeah. then I like, where do I have the time for this? Yeah. You know, I, I, and so I, 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 I understand both sides. 100%. I, I, I fully understand the impulse. It has taken me a lot of uh, many, many, many years of learning where my capabilities end. <laughs> and, and now, uh, now I got to be like, this is where I draw the line. Yeah. An internal conversation between Dalton and, and the Alfred in their head being like, yes, <laughs> like, everyone, everyone has limits. Master, master to shame. Can't afford to know him. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. My my problem is like even though when I when I hit my limits, I'm like, but maybe I maybe this is just me uh, needing to push it a little bit more, and then I <laughs> yeah. get burnt out, and then you know I, I do nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're I, always pushing. Actually, yeah, I, I actually I can't afford to do nothing, but it, it, you, you just end up slogging through something you don't need to be slogging through, and then. Eventually, you, you you get the spark back, but yeah, it's you know the uh, Are you afraid of the dark universe? Uh, I've I've explained what the show is before we started talking, so don't worry. Uh, so anyone who's <laughs> okay. not not aware of I don't have to go through the full or pitch you, or you two, um, I, I've I've given the spiel for it for you. Don't worry. Thank um, you. But you know the amount of work you both put in there is it's it's completely evident. But the biggest thing is this: the passion you both have for storytelling and for wanting to create these stories. And when, you know, Dalton announced the doing that, you know, doing the hypothetical, because I think we, we've, we've, we've broken the kayfabe on it, right? <laughs> we don't have oh, yeah. this. The writer strike the, uh, it's, it's, made it impossible for us to continue to pretend that we were secretly hired yeah. by Universal. And yeah. uh, uh, it's probably a good idea for us to lift the veil anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was simultaneously like, wow, this could be really cool. And also kicking myself because I, I, you know, not that, you know, I, I probably be alone in saying it's like, but I've, I had like a similar idea of like doing something with the DCU, like starting with Man of Steel. And hey, then you going still can. My, my whole thing was like, I was going to do it back when I had a Patreon. I was going to, I was right. basically going to be drawing the character I'm talking about and then talking about the, the what I would, would have done for that or whatever. Hell yeah. well, it would be like a process video like, where you so much work, man. This is so mm-hmm. much work because it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And I just like, nah, I can't. And then you crazy, you crazy folks did it <laughs> and you keep building on it. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, I was trying to think, what was my favorite episode? Like, Ooh, yeah, it's hard. I don't know. It's, it's hard not to say the invisible man. It's hard it's a not great to one. say I that. appreciate that. We, although we've discovered recently some listeners that don't like that episode, that it's one oh. of their least favorite like their favorite, least favorite. yeah. 
What's yeah. been kind of nice is like in our for our Patreon, we have a Discord where we get to like hear from people who listen to the show and like to talk to each other about it, which is probably the most gratifying thing for in the world. Which is to have is it was to be allowed to be in the room while people who really love your work argue about it. <laughs> uh, honestly, that's that's what it's all been for. Uh, four years of writing school, uh, a, a decade of gigging. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It's here. all worth it now. Started from um, the bottom. <laughs> yeah, but it's, um, but yeah, apparently uh, there are, there's, there are a couple of episodes that are like the particularly popular ones, but like everyone seems to be somebody's favorite and someone's least favorite. Yeah, oh. it's a, it's a pretty good spread. Um, but I am curious. Yeah. So uh, what are, if, if, I mean, if it's not Invisible Man, what's like top three? What are, what are some of your favorites? Well, Invisible Man is definitely, you know, I don't know if I, I can pick one, like to be right. the top one, but Invisible Man, definitely top three. Um, I, I, I want to say the, uh, the Frankenstein opener, I think just because it hooked me in so well. And it was just Good, like, oh, you. this is, like, cause I didn't know what to expect from the show. You know, yeah. I, I, you know, Dalton, I, I knew you beforehand. I knew you were mm-hmm. a fantastic writer. I'm like, what, what is this going to be? And then I'm like, wow, this is like, like really good. Like so much so that I'm like, if Dalton wants to pitch this as a comic, like I'll be angry if he doesn't call me first, you know, like uh, hey, these things. let's talk uh, because that Frankenstein <laughs> pitch is as far as screenplays goes DOA, but we could. We could put something <laughs> together as a comic. Yeah, um, Dalton has Dalton has developed that script much further from what they said on the show. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. I'm glad that we ended up. I, we really lucked out with that because the the tough thing with a podcast, especially a narrative podcast like this, you have to hook people from the beginning. And the first mm-hmm. step is really just us talking about the Mummy 2017, right? Which can yeah. lose some people, especially there are fans of that movie, believe it or not. Yeah, and they do, I mean, they have listened to the show. I love the way we talk about it. <laughs> They're in our Discord. They like that movie and we're pretty harsh on it in the first episode. But I think like you, like a lot of people go in, I mean, we recently had uh, Joseph Fink from Welcome to Night Vale was tweeting about it and how like he went into it being like, oh, this is going to like make fun of cinematic universes or like kind of, you know, poke mm-hmm. fun of the, and we, we do a little bit, but mostly we take it very seriously and we're just like, yeah, all right, how would we make this good? How would we make this something we want to see? And I think people don't expect that. And Frankenstein is such a serious horror pitch. And so disconnected from the mummy 2017 that it seems to have worked with like uh, hooking people in and then following it up with the Wolfman, which is the opposite of that. <laughs> I think like the, that those sort of first three episodes are a pretty good, even though like, I'm sure we look back and they're, they seem rudimentary by the standards of the episodes we're writing now. Um, I think they're a great uh, hook for people, which, you know, um, a lot of podcasts take a long time to find their footing. And I'm glad we sort of, uh, have our hooks in with people right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, to, to pick one more because it, it's it's hard for me to pick because I really liked Dracula Lives. I, I really can... liked you know doing the the format you had. You know, yeah. Um, but I also I surprisingly to me because I you know I don't like musicals. I'm <laughs> a fan of the opera, like. I'll be honest. I'll be one hundred percent with you. Get with you both right now. It took me a while to actually go listen to it. Once, once I figured, I heard it was a. It was, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, not like, a musical person. And then I gave it a shot, and I'm like, bitch, it's 
It's really good. Musical <laughs> like, podcasts it, are very different and, from regular musicals. I think, and it's a you know, and, and 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 while the the music was definitely good and it was very entertaining, like the story itself, I was like, oh mm, man, yeah. this is this is this is really good. And you know, so and you you, I was definitely intrigued from the beginning. It's just the musical aspect of it was like, mm, oh, I, oh, uh, but <laughs> you've made a convert out of me. So now that I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, the next uh, musical episode. Oh, yeah, it's Dalton's whatever. turn now. And, and now uh, Don and, just yeah. loves musicals. You're watching Hello, yeah. Dolly. You're out there. You're getting Rodgers and Hammersteined up. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, probably not. The but, thing, like, <laughs> it surprises me to hear, like, whenever I hear that, like, a metalhead isn't into musical theater because they have so much in common in terms of, yeah. like, theatricality and, like, yeah. narrative. Obviously, metal comes in 82 different flavors, right? Which but, brings like, me to a no. very important question. Don, I don't know if you've addressed this on the podcast before, but I think this is this is vital for the fans if you haven't. Uh, how do you feel about Meatloaf? Meatloaf? Yeah. I mean, c- questionable politics towards the end of his life aside. Sure, not not I mean, the person, but, like, bad as, out of hell. How do you feel about him, bad out of hell? Him and Jim Steinman? I mean, you, you can't deny how okay. how well they worked together. Yeah. That's probably like the is that is that the perfect intersection? Because I know it's not it's obviously not metal like metal metal, no, but, but it's no, the aesthetics going, of metal. Do like a yeah. rock musical yes. type thing. I, a meatloaf, I think meatloaf would would work for it. Would, yeah, would dead work, center would, of that Venn diagram. Would be my yeah. mental place where I'm like, okay, if it sounds like this, I'm probably in. They you did know. Bat Out of Hell on Broadway a few years ago, and I'm so mad I missed it. I would love to yeah. see. They, they like, staged it somehow. Yeah. Um, well, I want to see the musical that Jim Steinman wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart for, which is about vampires. And I think it, like, did not debut in the States. I think, oh. it, went, I think it was done in Europe. You know what we have to do when once we finish the dark universe, we have to do the same thing, but for a Jim Steinman universe of all <laughs> musicals that are interconnected, starting with Bad Out of Hell. That's our Mummy 2017, and then we follow it up with the Total Eclipse of the Heart musical and go from there. Yeah, yeah what we need to do is get involved in another very litigious industry. Yes, but butt heads more with that. <laughs> Um, and don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not poo-pooing musical. Like I totally respect the art form of it and all that. And as a, as a guy who loves metal, who loves all types of metal, like, so, you know, I love like Nightwish and stuff like that. And you can't tell me that's not musical theater, you know, Mm -hmm. or at least damn near close to it at some point. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the uh just the general aspect because i've seen i've seen a few like you know musicals in my day when uh we were younger we'd go to like some uh, colleges putting out some musicals and stuff like that uh and they were entertaining and all that it just wasn't my like my thing my go-to and all that i think i've been burned a lot by like and i know it's not the same thing but like tv shows having the musical episode Mm -hmm. uh and it's just like come on (laughs) (laughs) you know but again you know, I, I trusted you both. I just took it. I just needed a minute to, Thank you. to, to remind to myself yourself. of that. And I was so shot. glad I did. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, like I, I, I was scrolling through seeing like, okay, what, what are my favorite episodes? And like, I like them all. Like I can, Thank you. you know, maybe some more than others, obviously, but like I can think about each episode and like, there's something I liked about each of them a lot. And, That's good to hear. You know, and, you know, you know, and it's fun to hear you two talk about, like, give each other notes on it and all mm-hmm. that. 
and when I disagree. <laughs> like, no, 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 don't change that. No, that was good. You know, like, and things like that. And, uh, but I think that's part of the fun for everybody else listening to it is like, we're, we're in the room with mm-hmm. you two and we're, we're also, you know, wanting to give our notes or at least <laughs> stop anything from changing from what we actually liked. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I, uh, I, I do have to mention, you know, the, 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 the creature from the black lagoon is my favorite universal monster. Ooh. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, well, the first time we met, Oh, that was man thing. That was man thing. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I bought a man thing thing from you uh, when we first yeah. met at C two E two. But you know, related. Yeah, it, swamp, a swampy, lagoony yeah. type thing. I actually have to do a creature uh, commission for my Kickstarter uh, for one of my backers. But um, oh, that's cool. Uh, but when you announce you're doing, you know, the Black Lagoon, I'm like, oh man, I, you know, that was the first time I was actually nervous. Like, I hope I don't not like this. Yeah. <laughs> Not the case. I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I liked the take of it, um, for sure. Um, especially, you know, when uh it was incorporated into the the second crossover movie and, mm-hmm. and you know the, 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 the creature got some action. Yes. <laughs> <Got some laughs> some stuff. Uh I was really I was really looking forward to that. Um, but again, like it's I I I constantly recommend this podcast to everybody, even when um like if I'm watching something on YouTube and someone mentions like the mummy or something, I'll be in the comments like, Hey, you guys should check <laughs> out this. We appreciate <laughs> that. That is that, that word of mouth and is I, important. And I'm super excited to see like it's a success it's been getting and, and, and how, how the community behind it's growing and all that. And, you know, wanting to acknowledge just again, how much work you both put into it. And Dylan with the soundtrack stuff, I think that's a very unsung part of the shows is it having is, yeah. that soundtrack under there. It's, it's it's such a key part i think that people will definitely miss it if it's not there but they're not but it's it's that thing that fits perfectly where it's like it just creates so much more uh, of a bedrock for everything to sit on and uh do you uh do you typically write um you know we kind of mentioned before the show you you, you're not a huge gear gear guy what do you typically compose with and, and, and write with so I'll be sitting here at this desk. This is actually a composer desk where um, there's a drawer, like kind of like a keyboard drawer, where I've got a like a MIDI keyboard, mm-hmm. um, and I'll just be working directly into Logic with mostly the um, out of the box available MIDI tools, much to Dalton's chagrin. Uh, Eventually, once the once the uh, once the pod takes off, once the Patreon takes off, we're gonna get you the Native Instruments complete set. <laughs> I mean, I would love that. Uh, there was a period of time where I, I was going to try and do more freelance uh, scoring where mm-hmm. I was like going to try and subscribe to like the like the heavy duty shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, uh, I realized very quickly that I was in over my head and I needed I would need to get yeah. more formal training. But for the show, um, I, I do a lot of it sort of carpenter style where like I'll listen to a passage and I'll just start kind of laying down some layers John Carpenter, like, not like woodwork. Well, You're no, or like, like a or like like Mary Chapin Carpenter or whatever. I I don't know how she got down, but <laughs> it's um where uh, I I'm like I don't have a lot of time, right? I usually yeah. have uh usually have no more than a maybe like maybe maybe two weeks. No, you uh, usually have a week, and you're usually gonna have less have a, for yeah. the Mummy Three. Sorry. Right. The longer the episode is, the longer it takes Dalton to edit, which means the mm-hmm. less time I have to score it, but it's also longer and it needs more music. Yes, and yeah. I initially convinced myself that I could do this by like, oh, I'll I'll create a library of music. And so mm-hmm. every 
subsequent episode, I'll have to write less music because I'll have this whole library. And then <laughs> I quickly the found myself. Cue, the happy cue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, it was unacceptable to me. Uh, <laughs> I could not make them fit properly. And I just realized, no, if I want to do this right, I have to, I have to compose to the track every time. Um, I, I know exactly how you feel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a scorner. You know, it's one of the 8 million things, you know, like mm-hmm. growing up being like, oh, yeah, I want to I want to be Danny Elfman. I want another thing that Dalton and I have in common. <laughs> That's why um, I studied composition. Yeah, but I, 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 I didn't, and so I, I come in with very much um, a, a very, a very DIY process for it. Where, but I also like I couldn't have time to write it out properly. No, right? There's just no, there's you, just we, turnaround times way too fast. So I do a lot yeah. with, you know, uh, even as somebody who like. I often lament that like film scoring has become so much more part of sound design and this it's much less thematic and mm-hmm. like yeah. not a lot of stuff that you, you leave whistling on your way out of the theater, mm-hmm. but like I've written like two light motifs for characters <laughs> so far. And we've been doing this for a year and a half. So I get it now. It's hard. <laughs> and especially in a, in, a, in a medium where it's all audio, I don't I, I can't do anything too distracting because you got to be listening to mm-hmm. the narration and the dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'm never scoring over just visual action. So um, but yeah, it's just me and me, my keyboard and logic uh, laying down first, like some, you know, like some some sort of atmospheric, some kind of pad um, putting together, you know, like like sort of a, a chord progression. And then I'll, I'll, I love to throw like a Celeste on there. I, I like to make things jingle and jangle, but for the <laughs> most part, um, you know, and I, tr- I try to, I try to give each, uh, each style of movie kind of a different palette. Uh, yeah. it's, I never get asked to talk about it. So thank you. Uh, but, no. it's, uh, it's, um, but yeah, it's the kind of thing where like, uh, it was a late edition. Uh, we didn't plan to do necessarily score, um, uh, until I was listening to the first cut of Frankenstein, and I'm thinking, you know, this could really use some atmosphere. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, created hundreds of hours of work for myself. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I, I totally get it. And I, I love talking about this stuff. D- Dalton knows. <laughs> I will talk about all the nerdy gear stuff, plugins, all that stuff. I have way too many plugins. It's somehow keep looking at more. Um, <laughs> You know, the 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 best, the fun thing about technology now is like you can kind of, you know, not to say you do this, but you can kind of dumb your way into something that sounds pretty good. Oh, I 100% easily. do that. Like and, I. Yeah. And and the the, the, the idea you brought up, like the, the library of things like, man, I. So I'm, I'm currently uh, working on an EP of metal songs with my buddy, Kevin Mellon, who's a fantastic songwriter and, and musician in his own right. And. Uh, you know, for about six, six or seven years, I did this thing called Riftober, where every day I did a new mm-hmm. riff every single day. And, I remember you, you, know, doing while, you know, while, you know, if I look back throughout the years, I can see like, okay, I kind of like just did this riff again, but like changed something at the end or, you know, this year or whatever, cause you're not really thinking about it. But I kind of did that. I'm like, oh, I have this library of riffs. I can pull stuff. I can start making some songs. And then I'm like, it's just when you start to get, get down to the nitty gritty to making the song, you're like, this doesn't work. This was <laughs> too busy for anyone to do a vocal over. Like, and it's just like, oh God. So, you know, and I mean, he had, he had picked a bu- Maybe it's not a single with vocals. Maybe it's a Sonic the Hedgehog stage, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, if I could play some Sonic the Hedgehog music on my guitar, my kids would fucking flip. Um, but uh, they, uh, so, you know, my buddy Kevin, he picked out a bunch of the riffs 
Riftober days. He's like, oh, you know, let's 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 make these into songs. So now I'm in the process of like, all right, I have two riffs. You know, usually it's I I, I said one riff, but it's usually two riffs. You know, because you know you can never do one. Um, and so it's like, like expanding it and doing all that. So I'm like, I'm I'm feeling what you're saying right now. It's like, I had this stuff and I'm trying to expand. It's like it's just not right. I, you know, so it just ends up being more work than you thought it was going to be. But in the end, it'll be worth it. And I'm, mm. you know, again, I, I really do think the, the soundtrack stuff is uh, a key element to what makes the podcast so good and sets it apart from something else that might be, you know, uh, doing this kind of, you know, fun narrative stuff. Well, thank you. You know, I always think it's important for us to go one step beyond what's reasonable to do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as creative people, I mean, that's, that's our MO, right? Yep. <laughs> um, we did kind of get the, the, we started talking about the show beforehand. So I'm going to backtrack a bit and I'm going to say, uh, comics, coffee, metal. What are you both digging right now? Well, we can start with Dalton. I think Dalton has some, uh, some coffee and metal news for us. I have, I have brand. some, I've been saving some big news just for you, Don. Um, nice. I'm going I'm to start on the, on the metal front. Um, in our, in my last appearance on here, we talked about, I don't listen to a ton of metal, although I think yeah. we talked about, um, Coheed and uh, Cambria, Zeal and Harder, I yeah, think. Um, and I have been listening to some Deaf Heaven lately, but the news that I have to announce, I, how tangential is system of a down to, to metal? They're metal. They're metal. I, I would say so, right? That's where we yeah. filed um, the vintage vinyl. I I I want to announce here first. It's a little early for me to be making announcements like this, but I will be doing chop suey for the B69s this year. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. I have already recorded it. I finished it today. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I was wait. inspired because there was this Instagram reel that went viral that I saw of someone doing rock lobster in the style of system of a down. And I was like, <laughs> well, well, fuck, I need to do the opposite of this and yes. do chop suey in the style of the B 52s. So it is the most atrocious thing I have ever created. I sent it to a few people and everyone was furious with me. It sounds <laughs> like hell. Not like that it's bad, but just the two, like System of a Down writes in like modes that the B-52s have never gotten close to. And so just like, even though everything fits, like harmonically, it just sounds wrong. Um, <laughs> I've like last year I did, you know, uh, Santana's Smooth uh, yeah. and that was sort of the big breakout. But that those two fit together like surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. This is one where they don't gel at all. Um, but I, I think it works. So, uh, stay tuned in December, Chop Suey, uh, will be, uh, <laughs> making an appearance on the B69 ZP. Um, An early Christmas present for us all. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I won't reveal what else will be on the EP, but uh, I'll give you that, um, since it's on topic. Um, coffee wise, I, I feel like last time I was on here, I was still on decaf. Mm-hmm. Um, I have fallen off the wagon. I am back on caffeine. I just, I think we talked about my Nespresso at the time that I had the new Nespresso. Uh, I couldn't just be having the same decaf over and over. They have so many cool flavors that I wanted to try. And so now I'm on all the caffeine. I am drinking a Nespresso decaf right now. Um, But even more embarrassingly, I'm back on a Starbucks kick. (laughs) I feel like, 
I go through waves. I know it's bad coffee. But here's the thing. I'm in New York City. And my office is right by the Empire State Building, where they have a Starbucks Reserve. Mm -hmm. And if anyone's not familiar, Starbucks Reserve, there's only a few of them in the country. And it's where Starbucks keeps the good coffee. It is way too expensive. It's, it's, it's very expensive. But I go there in the mornings before work and I write. I'm working on the novel um, for, for my band's next album. Um, and I will get like a fancy coffee there and it's so good. But I will, so I, the, the most in, ridiculous thing I've ordered there is, you know, obviously Starbucks has the pumpkin spice latte. Well, at the reserve, they have a nice pumpkin spice latte that is made with coffee aged in whiskey barrels, whiskey mm-hmm. barrel aged coffee. And no shit, that, that latte is $16. <laughs> oh man. That is a $16 latte, but I did get it twice because it's <laughs> fucking good. It's real fucking good. I can curse on this show, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, it's real good. Normally I get just like a normal cold brew and it's like $8. It's still insane, but like it's doable uh, for like, I do this once a week. Um, the Starbucks reserve, but then because I'm going there and I'm getting all the points on my card, then on the other days I'm going to normal Starbucks so I can keep racking up the, that's how they get you, right? The loyalty card. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, yeah. it's the fucking trick. And now they've pulled me in. So now I'm getting just regular pumpkin cream, cold brews, whatever. And you know, <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm yeah. in the ecosystem again. I'm I'll, I'll break out eventually. I always do, but I'm like not, every I'm once in a while, they get shame. me. And I I don't coffee sure. shame. You know, it, it's 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 fine. Like I I'm a regular. I was at Starbucks earlier. Granted, I don't drink the coffee. I just get the mm. chai lattes or whatever. Because oh, I'm you like the basic, chai? Okay, I'm that basic B who gets their whole milk chai latte, no water. Um, so much so that my 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 four year old in the back, whenever I pull up, he he repeats the order for me. <laughs> but um, no, we're, we're 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 definitely in the ecosystem because now that I got you know a four year old and a and a seven year old, it's also we're adding the cake pops to the order now. Oh and sure. So those points are like, you know, it's like well, you know, we we can use the points to get the cake pops, even though they're like you know three dollars for <laughs> they're crazy uh, yeah for like uh, two bites for what twenty five cents worth of cake. <laughs> you know, but now now they have cake. the yeah. for the holiday they have the sugar plum cheese Danish. Mm, that's good i'm 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 you know i'm i'm a creature habit that the the iced lemon loaf or whatever like Ooh, I, yeah, I don't care good. i know it comes pre-packaged and whatever from wherever i've had fancy iced lemon loaf i've had homemade iced lemon loaf mm-hmm. which was the you know really good my wife made it for my birthday one year but like that starbucks one for for whatever reason it just hits me right every single time it's the right yeah, amount of everything on there and you know the, the the one thing I do lament about Starbucks is like they 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 like to get rid of the the sandwiches that I do like there. <laughs> Whenever I like the yeah. sandwich, they get rid of it, and it's really frustrating. Um, I but, like the the they got the spinach feta wrap. That's my go to if I'm if I need to like have like a meal at Starbucks, yeah. which you know I try yeah. I try not to. But the spinach feta wrap, and then I like the Impossible breakfast sandwich. They got the Impossible sausage, okay. and like I, mean, I think it's like even vegan cheese bad. on there, and. I, but honestly, if you have like a McDonald's across the street from there, you just you sure, save yourself yeah. the money and get the egg McMuffin from over there. Um, yeah, but no, or Duncan. They, they used to have I'll this, get a yeah. Duncan sandwich. They used to have this like Chipotle chicken uh, uh, flatbread thing mm. that 
Like I was just hooked on that for the longest time. <laughs> and I don't know, I, you know, again, I know it's terrible and it's too expensive and I probably wouldn't be able to afford it now, but did going as often as I did when I was working in the office, but it's just like, yeah, anyway, I, I don't coffee shame, <laughs> circle <it> back. <laughs> but, um, especially as you know, you, like you said, you're, you're getting the fancier stuff. I mean, I understand getting the fancier coffee and then sometimes you gotta, you gotta slum it a little bit just to get the caffeine, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, I will say my, my wife, she, like she doesn't get the coffee there either, but she occasionally she'll get like the iced Americano. Oh yeah. Like yeah. iced, iced is cool with her with that coffee, but like hot for me and for me and her, like, we're just like, no, nah, we don't, we don't care yeah. for it. I don't blame you, but they're also just yeah. everywhere here in New York. It's just convenient. Yeah. To, like, I mean, it's, exactly it's, what it, you're it, get convenience, and, convenience goes a long way to, to making mm-hmm. something worth it <laughs> for sure. Um, as far as comics go, I'm going to hold off for a minute. Cause I think Dylan and I have synchronized on this. I did not get to synchronize with you on this. So. Okay. never mind. I won't hold off. <laughs> go on ahead. <laughs> uh, for comics, I decided uh, to keep things a little on topic uh, for the podcast. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, not only is our new season starting, but also Image has just started this uh, line of universal monster comics, um, starting with a Dracula series written by James Tinian IV and uh, let me, and art by Martin Simmons. Um, and this is legitimately like universal pictures. Um, like there's a whole title like page on here that says universal pictures and skybound present Dracula. Um, Um. so, and, and like James says in the afterward on here, that this comic is based on the movie, like the 1931 movie based on the novel. So it's not a direct novel adaptation. It's him doing his riff on the 31 film. Um, and I really loved it. I'm, uh, I have not read a lot of James Tinian before. Um, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. Do you know? I think that's, uh, I th- I've yeah. heard Tynan. I, I, it's always. Tynan, because uh, I think like Tiny Onion is kind of like the, uh, I think it's, an, <laughs> I think it's like the name of his Substack or something. It's like Tiny Onion. Oh, okay. and it's supposed to be like. That's funny. You know, how you know, the, the, the pronunciation. Right. Tiny, uh, um, I haven't read a lot of his work. I have. I have friends that like know him and, and he seems like a great guy. I, yeah, I think I read that as a, as a, as a friend of a friend uh, who is now writing Dracula for universal. It means we can scratch him off the list of potential guests on our show. There's just no way it could be allowed to happen. <laughs> sure. He could. We just have to figure out what, what he can talk about and what he can't. I mean, we could at least have him on maybe not to pitch, but to talk about his comic and talk about. Universal All right. Monsters. Okay. Well let's table this. I was just going to do yeah. one off joke, but if this is going to become real shop talk, let's figure it out later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would love to have James Tinian on. Um, I, I've I hadn't read much of his work. I think I read maybe like a DC book or two he had did that I didn't love, but I'm not a huge DC person anyway. Yeah. And I know that he's really invested in his creator own work right now, and so I would love yeah. to check that out. Um, but I I loved this. It's only one issue so far. I think it's gonna be a four issue miniseries. Um, the art is just stunning. I mean, Martin Simmons, I hadn't seen any of his work before. Apparently he's done some of James's creator own stuff with him. Okay. It's painted, it's textured, it's uh I, I as someone who writes horror comics, I find horror in comics to be really hard to do because you're so disconnected from it. Like mm-hmm. it it's it's not like seeing 
a person on screen, or it's not even, you know, entirely the theater of the mind that like a novel is. You are you are seeing illustrations. And I feel like sometimes that can be difficult to get a scare out of someone, especially again with page layouts. You're seeing things ahead of time. You gotta yeah. structure things around page turns, blah, 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 blah. Um, but a, a, a huge part of that is the art being genuinely scary. And Don, you're really good at this, which is why I've had you come back to Monocle over and over. Um, and Martin Simmons nails it. I mean, Dracula in in this is is terrifying. The way he draws uh, Renfield is so unique. Uh, he has like this glowing white featureless face. Like his nose just disappears into the whiteness of everything and these teeth that, that shine out. There's like bugs crawling over the pages that are painted on. It really, the atmosphere of it does not evoke the 1931 movie. Like I, I don't think, but it evokes the sort of same feeling maybe that you would get from it, um, but in a different I, medium. Which I would argue is know? more important. Oh, yes, for sure. I, I think so as well. I, I think so as well. You you don't want it. I, I didn't want to open this up and just have it be like, you know, traced versions of Bella mm-hmm. Lugosi or whatever, you know, you yeah, just want yeah. it to uh, inspire the same kind of feelings that that movie would have done in 1931. And I think it's, it's very effective at that. I'm really excited to see where it goes. I, I really... Uh, I mean, hey, Image Comics, I have a universal uh, podcast and I write <laughs> horror comics. So if you need someone for maybe your Frankenstein adaptation, call it me and Don. Uh, yeah, Don and I have got a hell of a pitch for you. Um, but, <laughs> you have the pitch. Uh, I, I'll, 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 just, I'll just do everything I can to make sure it looks good. <laughs> you're going to draw that nasty-ass Frankenstein that I got in mind. Oh, you know I love to draw nasty-ass Frankenstein, too. I, I know you What's do. Third, I'll uh, add a third book to my schedule, sure. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, Don, like you're going to turn down an image book right now? Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I checked that out uh, as a fan. It, obviously, I've been watching nothing but Universal movies, Universal mm-hmm. Horror, for like the last year and a half. Um, and I loved it. Uh, I, I don't often get hooked by a lot of horror comics, but but this hooked me. Um and I'm really excited to see where it goes. It's very Renfield focused. It's it's not structured like the movie. It opens after Dracula is already in London, um, after he's already uh, you know killed everyone on the Demeter, um, and uh, it focuses on Renfield as sort of like your your like Dracula is barely in it um, in this first issue, just sort of like glimpses of him. Um, but I, I like that. I like that it's sort of building up Dracula and teasing him so that when he finally makes maybe his grand entrance with Jonathan Harker or someone, it's going to have more of an impact. Um, so, nice. you know, anyone out there that's Universal Monsters fans, check that out. Awesome. Skybound's really going for the licenses. They're really uh, shooting for that. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, I mean, Skybound they're, they're is, putting uh... serious talent behind it, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, they've got the Transformers and G.I. Joe licenses now, and they're right, you know, right. tossing, you know, Daniel Warren Johnson on Transformers, which is like, you know, it's a stupidly smart decision. Like, yeah, that's huge. <laughs> you know, it, it and and it, it's, it's kind of nuts. Um, so awesome. Awesome. How, how, how about you, Dylan? I, I know you mentioned uh, you're not really a coffee person, which surprises me, you being a relatively new parent. I, I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, um, so far. I didn't say I didn't love caffeine. I'm just not oh, a coffee okay. guy. I love the smell of coffee. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just not a coffee drinker. Uh, okay. I committed some sacrilege a day by bringing some tea into the coffee, I, uh, comics, coffee metal. I got, I got, I got tea right now too. I'm nursing. Uh, I, I'm, I think 
you and I are both getting over some sort of cold or something. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm yeah, just I, got, I, I got to do the tea right now. So it, it, it's lemon. not blasting me at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I'm a tea drinker in general, although only until it's a, an hour where it's acceptable for me to start drinking Coca Cola, and then you know, uh, too much of that. But um, my wife is a former barista and shift manager at Starbucks, so she knows uh, all the secret menu shit. Um, Ooh, and uh, nice. and I've, I've I've sampled some goods, but I also never find that there's food at a Starbucks that I have any interest in eating, or if I do, it's <laughs> gone the next time I'm there. Uh, <laughs> so that's like uh. We are a very easygoing, very accommodating of each other couple, and one of the only kind of like sort of irre- irreconcilable conflicts that we'll end up with is if one of us just needs to just needs to dip in somewhere to get some to get a bite, like you know, like <laughs> oh we're waiting for a train transfer, like we're about to get like on the LIRR or something. She's like, oh, I want to pop into Starbucks. I'm like, oh, can we pop into anywhere but Starbucks? And she only wants to go to the Starbucks. So, uh, but you know, uh, it's. Yeah, that's 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 marriage. Sometimes you just got to go to the Starbucks. I, I was it uh, a couple of weeks ago. We ended up doing the thing where we all went like all of us, including the kids, wanted something different to eat for dinner. And we're we so we literally drove to like four or five different places. And I even had to stop at a at a Menards to get the the cola I wanted. I don't know if you <laughs> I don't know if if you have Menards in New York. It's a it's no. it's a it's I, a hard, we have Menards in Michigan. Yeah, it's 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 a Where hardware. It's big box hardware, yeah. but it's kind of like you know the the one your grandpa would Save go to that somehow has Menards. grocery in there. And you know it's when you don't want to spend uh it's it's like Menards, Home Depot, Lowe's in terms of how much you mm-hmm. spend. but menards there's this um cherry cola called sprecher cherry cola it's from wisconsin Mm. and for some reason like whenever the stores are out of it i know i could always find it at menards and it comes in a bottle it's made with real sugar and oh i was on a anti uh uh aspartame kick trying just Uh trying to Mm. not have it for a while because various reasons even though i'm bad for you i get i get migraines from drinking aspartame I'm I'm a diet soda guy. Like I like, yeah. you know, before coffee, it was literally like I was popping open diet Pepsi at eight o'clock in the morning. That was my coffee, you know. And then that's Dylan's think, game, uh, not diet, but well, yeah, no, but I am, sodas. I love a morning soda. I'm, I try to control myself. A lot, a lot <laughs> of it came because of like in a lot of my teen years, like my I, I worked on a newspaper truck, so I would be out. I'd be waking up like at midnight, and I'd be like working till six o'clock in the morning or something. So like I'd be drinking soda, you know, that early because been drinking it all night or whatever. So I was kind of used to it. And then yeah. it got to a point where my wife was finally like, all right, I, I can't with you in the soda in the morning. Can you just <laughs> do something else? And I'm like, fine. So, you know, I like tea. So I was drinking tea. And then one day I just had a coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. And like, it was kind of one of those things where like everything is kind of aligned and like, oh, I guess I'll like coffee now. The sun like Dunkin Donuts the is a good yeah. Yeah. Dunkin's a good starter coffee though. Like, it, is. It's, it is. It's a nice neutral, uh, nice neutral coffee. And now, now we have our favorites. You know, we have our, uh, we get a five pound bag from uh, from Rootless uh, Coffee in Flint, Michigan. Uh, Don, do you have Big B where you are? What's that? Do you have Big B Coffee where you are? Big B, I don't know. 
I, okay. I, I, that's I a, it's a coffee around. chain that actually started in my hometown, but it's sort of taken over the Midwest. And that I, was my if, starter coffee. Very if it's a coffee chain, I haven't, I haven't seen it okay. uh, in our area. Um, also, speaking of, speaking of rare sodas, uh, one I discovered recently that I can only find in Michigan, although for some reason they have it at Forest Hills Stadium here in New York. It's the only place I've ever <laughs> seen in New York. Have you, has, have either of you ever had Diet Right? Yeah. I mean, I've heard of. I mean, I've. Yeah. I think I've had the right, the non-diet right brand soda. I, yeah, I can't find it anywhere here in New York, but it's it has no caffeine and no sugar, but it tastes exactly like Diet Coke. Like it is insane how much it tastes like Diet Coke, yeah. but without. So, like, if it ever I'm like, ooh, I'm craving craving like a Coke, but like I don't want to have any caffeine. It's too late or something. Like a Diet Right is mm-hmm. perfect. It tastes just yeah. like it, but can't find it anywhere except forest hill stadium i don't know what it is it's where very weird. um well you know i you know I, I live in northern illinois now i grew up in chicago and we had rc and diet rc that was like the local trash cola oh i mean um, you can get that in jersey too uh yeah I, rc it, was like the discount one which was like just as good um yeah. and it's but I feel like I feel like that's what I remember diet right from too, like to be like sort of in that yeah, same category. I remember having diet rights. I think my grandma probably had some for a while. Uh but I haven't seen I don't I haven't seen them in a long time. But I yeah, I remember it's, it's, they're hard like to drinking find. the diet a diet right. And that's where my diet soda thing came from because I would just like you know, I just started like drinking my grandma's soda because she lives in our basement apartment in my, my parents' house. <laughs> And, uh, I'm just like, I like the flavor of this more. It's not nothing about like, oh, it's better for me. It's like, I just like the flavor of it more. It's good. Yeah. I got to be for a little bit of time. I became a nerd for like cane sugar sodas, especially root beers. And I would like seek out particular brands of, of root beer. I would like be able to be like, see, this is like a wine drinkers soda. Cause you can talk (laughs) about the relative vanilla to mint quality. Talk, oh, this one's earthy, you know, just it's, it's a fetish, right? I I love it. You know, I, I can get it with root beers though, because I love a good root beer, like yeah. a good cane sugar root beer. Yeah, the root beer is my is my favorite soda, but I need the caffeine. So a yeah. lot of root beers don't mm-hmm. have it. No. Um, yeah. but I I got into the habit of like, in addition to just not being really a coffee person, um, I didn't have a job that woke me up nearly as early as as yours, Don. But I did grow up working at my family's record store, which is where I have all of my metal knowledge from. I'm not a metal listener, but I did work at Vintage Vinyl Records, which on the East Coast was like the metal mecca of that part of the country. And there mm-hmm. were people who fly in from Europe to shop at our metal section. Um, uh, but we had, uh, I think, a coffee machine. No, not even. Uh, people would bring coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, but I didn't like coffee. And if I needed caffeine at like 9 in the morning opening the store, we sold, we sold bottles of Coke. So I ah. just cracked one of those open. Uh, and then when I finally left home and went to start working in an office, I was working at a startup doing like some kind of, uh, programming bullshit. And, uh, they did have coffee and they did have tea, but they also had was free Red Bull. Oh, uh, boy. and I thought it was so gross that my, uh, my, the person who sat next to me every morning working would crack open a Red Bull at nine 30 every morning. But then it became, but then I would start, start smelling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became Pavlovian. Like I would hear uh-huh. the bottle crack open, and I have to go get one. And then I would uh, ultimately that would become my main source of sustenance for a period of time when I was temping at this place. And I was drinking three Red Bulls a day until I went to go see a doctor who told me that I had to stop or my prostate would stop working. <laughs> yeah, I, true story. Too much. 
I've, <laughs> I've had a Red Bull like three times in my life and three times I've regretted it. It is just, <laughs> I just, I've never it, had an energy drink ever. You know, it's, it, it's one of those things to where like, yeah, it, it like I needed to be like alert or awake or whatever. I just needed that extra kick. And, but it's the same thing like the, um, what is it? The death wish coffee. Like mm, I tried one yeah. of the, like iced coffee cans or whatever. And that was like the, the grossest shit I have ever drank in my <laughs> entire. And I've accidentally drinking flat sodas that my mother put out her cigarette ashes in. And I would rather drink that <laughs> than any, like any of that iced, whatever death wish coffee. And like, I'm sure the hot coffee's fine. I'm sure it's fine. But like just that particular I'm so sensitive I'm like, to caffeine now. Now that I did decaf yeah. for so long, like I can really only have the one cup of coffee a day or I go crazy. Yeah. Some of that might also be age though. Like um Good. my tolerance for various chemicals has gotten much <laughs> lower. Um Yeah. I got I started seeing spots in my vision after having a beer last night. Uh like granted, I'm underslept with a baby and I'm fighting a cold. But yeah, I was halfway into a beer and I was like, is the lighting in here fucked up? What's going on? Um, and I was I was yeah. having a, the drummer of my, my, uh, of my band, No Jersey, is having a birthday. and I'm just taking him out for a beer. I'm like, what's what's happening? He's like, what's happening is that you're drunk now. Uh, <laughs> so you never know. No. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's age or uh, I had my gallbladder removed a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um but like spicy foods now, like it's not, it's, it's like my tolerance to eating them is fine. It's been whatever it's been, but like afterwards the heartburn, like I've never mm, had yeah. it before, but now it's just like, even like, if I like, that I never have, happens like, to me. Yeah. Even if I have like, foods too yeah, it's basically <laughs> the live Tums, uh, and antacids is living in my, in my closet. Now my, my, uh, vitamin drawer, my vitamin thing. I had to buy a bigger, bigger vitamin dispenser. For all those crap I'm taking, because <laughs> I'm just getting old and beat up, and we're getting old. I you know, I thought earlier this year medication. that my it's not medications though. It's at least it's vitamins and like supplements yeah. and stuff to try to help. At least it's not medications, you know. But I'm like mm-hmm. taking like fish oil and like osteobiflex and uh, extra vitamin D and and all these other things. The oh yeah, like, that would, that would that would be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's just you know. But, you know, also because I, I abuse the crap out of myself. So, like, I'll, all my joints and my back hurt all the time. So I'm going to be the uh, – trying to course correct as much as possible before I'm just you – know, the old guy just hunched over and barely moving everywhere. So it gets, anyway. you When you're a parent – like, you've got, you've got two kids who are one – of, one of whom is, I, I imagine, out of the age where you're carrying them around a lot. I wish. <laughs> uh, my four-year-old for some reason like he's just this past couple weeks he's been like f before and after school he's like carry me carry me carry me i'm like all right fine i guess i'll carry you or whatever um but and then my seven-year-old uh, the, the the problem is uh about two years ago or about a year and a half ago like i got more into like lifting weights than running and stuff so i was always running for most of my adulthood for for health or whatever I just got more into lifting weights. So then I was like, really like, just like, ah, daddy's throwing you around and stuff. And now they're used to that. So uh-huh. now it's like, oh, daddy can just lift me and toss me into my bunk bed now. And, and daddy, you know, you can do this. And it's like, 
I can, but, but you think in theory, <laughs> just keep getting stronger because they keep getting heavier and just keep lifting. Eventually, something's going to give. Like my my son is a, like a week and a half shy of a year old, so he's still very little. Um, and so I get to do like you know one of the ways that I occupy him in an afternoon is like okay we're okay we're doing a workout doing the baby we're doing the yeah. baby bots, we're doing the baby curls yeah he finds it very <laughs> and I, I I feel like yeah that's great if I just do this every day I'll never die. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if if you keep up with it, I mean, you know, you'll 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 uh, you'll get the gains to keep up with them. Because yeah, now my my seven year old, she's 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 in the fifty ish pound range. Mm-hmm. So you know, so she's like, oh, what, what she call it? Um, I think she, I think cause her mother said something like that. Like, oh, daddy, let, uh, let's get a pump, and it's just like, oh, get your pump like, on, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh god all right i know um, it sounds exhausting but also it sounds like it generally just just it's just that that good dad shit you know it's it i mean i'm i'm obviously mostly joking about how uh tiresome it is but you know it's also good motivation to like at least keep at it i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> to keep going but um, i've never yeah. i've never been in better shape than i am just uh, which tells you that I wasn't in great shape to begin with, but like, cause my son is still, you know, like 18 pounds, but it's, uh, I, uh, I've never been in better shape either. And I don't even have a kid. So <laughs> you know, we're all, we're all doing great. I'll get there. I've been in better eventually. shape, but I've just, I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've been, uh, I haven't been as strong as I've been. <laughs> I've been, I've, but, I've been in like running multiple half marathons a year shape. And oh, now wow. it's like. It's um I was never skinny, but I was at least like at least I had the cardio for that to be able to do that. But <laughs> I was your bargain like, bin yeah. skin and bones comics nerd. You know, like they you imagine yeah. that like obviously comics fans actually come in all shapes and sizes and colors and genders and whatnot, but you get the picture in your head if you have the big comics fan and you have the skinny comics fan. And I was the latter. <laughs> um You've got and- your Jane, you got your silent bob. Exactly. And I was I was I was I was a J, but I also wasn't smoking weed, so it's just lame. Uh, so I, uh, and then I, I, I later on started like going to the gym and started getting in shape and then COVID hit and I stopped going. Um, but then I had a baby, so everything's cool. Um, but, but pivoting back to comics, uh, I am, uh, we were talking off the air about how, um, currently just with the level of like investment it takes to keep up with comics, my only input right now is catching up on stuff in the Marvel Unlimited app. But the upside of that is that I am, you know, a year or so behind reading the entire Krakoa era X-Men line. Yeah. Uh, every single title, every single book. And Which I think is what I talked about last time I was on this podcast was Krakoa. Yeah, yeah probably. I think I might have mentioned and, and I gets, the, gets the, 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 like, the of X trades with every single title. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really nice to feel like um, I've always loved X-Men, but I, as my as i understand it this like as i listen to like cerebro and stuff now which dalton turned me mm-hmm. on to um that this is really the first time in like my lifetime that the entire x-men line has been hot and exciting and interesting to read bearing in yeah. mind that i'm about to get to the point where marauders stops being good uh <laughs> yeah so, I'm so i know sorry. i'm I'm just I'm relishing the rest of the the uh, reign of X, reign of ten, whatever era, because I know that once we get to Destiny, things start to get a little wobbly. Uh, things things will get a little wobbly, yeah. But that's the fun thing, also, of being you know behind. It's like I get some stuff spoiled for me, but I also get to temper my expectations 
And I don't have to do the thing that comics fans often do, especially in the world of big two, which is like overreact to everything that happens in part two of a six part story. As if, <laughs> as if, as if this isn't a commercial break. It's like, if you're yeah. like, Oh my God, you know, uh, somebody just drove that car off the cliff. It's the end of the fuck. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, we'll be back in 90 seconds. And you will see that they actually jump out of the car. Um, I don't yeah. have to be part of that uh, that 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 tiresome discourse. Which I'm sure as a comics creator, uh, can drive you up the wall. Where um, uh, it seems like people kind of forget how the medium works sometimes. When yeah. when when they have they have a month to to kill between issues most of the time. And during that time, if you're really you know into it and obsessed, what else can you do but you know like work yourself up? Yeah. You know, now if I go to a con, I'm usually I'm tabling. But when I was going to cons just as a fan and like going to panels, I had to stop going to panels because I was just getting annoyed at a, at a fellow fans because they would literally be like, "Um, so what's going to happen at the end of the story that you're telling right now? Like, <laughs> fucking wait, man. Like, I don't think Bendis is going to be telling you what's going to be happening at the end of the <laughs> series, you know, four issues before it ends. Like, what? What? I I just was like just 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 fucking wait. Um, you've you've mentioned this is more that of a the, comment this, than a question, but yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, it's more of a three part question, and it's like six questions. <laughs> um, but uh, and it's just like, uh, but you mentioned like you know X Men, and that's one of the things that's kind of like trying to draw me back a bit is just hearing how good the Krokoa era stuff was when it when you know in its heyday. Um, what was, you know, you guys are younger than I, um, what was your like introduction to X-Men since we're kind of talking about that? Well, like, um, you know, like, like everybody else who was born in the late eighties or early nineties, obviously I was like bombarded with the nineties classic X-Men series, but, yeah. and like, but for me it was more than that. Cause I was a Batman, the animated series guy. And for a period mm-hmm. of time, I was like a weird DC loyalist in a way that I think you can only be <laughs> when you're a teenager or uh, yeah. we'll say a teen at heart, which is not complimentary. Um, it's, <laughs> but uh, I really liked X-Men evolution. That was the one that really got oh, me like really stoked about X-Men because I, I liked the, First of all, I liked that it felt whether or not it was true. It felt as if the production value was smoother. I, I always felt like mm-hmm. the Marvel, uh, like the Marvel Entertainment brand uh, cartoons, like X Men, Spider Man, were always trying to pack in a crazy amount per episode. Which what I didn't realize at the time is they were essentially picking a stack of like a, an issue or a stack of issues and saying we're going to translate these stories into this twenty two minute episode of cartoon, and they weren't writing them like it didn't often feel like I was watching a TV show the way it did when I was watching BTAS uh, mm-hmm. X-Men evolution. In addition to being on kids WB, which was like where I was getting my superhero stuff for the most part on Saturday mornings. Um, it, it, it felt more like I'm watching what I did not really realize at the time was Buffy, the vampire slayer. Um, but through the, mm-hmm. but through the prism of, of the X-Men. Um, and also obviously the, the Brian Singer movies uh, he's, poison now but he's from my hometown so at the time uh now we're now we also have chris mcquarrie so we'll okay okay we'll take that uh but at the time it was like a big deal it's like yo this guy went to our high school and now he's making the x-men so uh those were those were big but uh the the comics that i was reading at the time uh 
I didn't get Grant Morrison when Grant Morrison's X-Men was coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was too weird for me. I was stuck on the idea. My friend, my, my, my friend and I, who we used to talk about comics with, we would get annoyed being like, you, you put Wolverine through the sun and he comes out the other side. That's stupid, man. That destroys the whole, <laughs> there's, where's the stakes? And like, I felt the same way about Morrison's Batman when it started. Cause I was like a Greg Rucka Batman guy. And I really liked the gritty mm-hmm. detective stuff. And I wasn't into the whole cosmic Batman Zuranar thing or whatever at all. Um, now I love Grant Morrison's X-Men and I yeah, love Grant Morrison's yeah. Batman. But uh, I, I do think that maybe being attached to the more grounded animated series and the more grounded uh, uh, movie adaptations was was maybe creating an almost anti-comics attitude for a comics reader. Where um, uh, So that was a very long answer to your question. <laughs> no, it was perfect. It was perfect though because, you know, I I come from, you know, you know, the 92 X-Men, you know, like I started reading X-Men comics probably like just after like Jim Lee and all them formed image. Like, I think I remember like starting to buy image comics, like a year after they all hit. So like, I couldn't really go back and like buy the first issues or the, you know, I remember my brother like obsessively trying to get the five part Jim Lee cover variants and things like that and you know uh having a brother we kind of like split up our purchases so i got like wolverine and x-force and then he got you know x-men and uncanny x-men and then we would just (laughs) swap and read or whatever but um i i just kind of i like to ask people you know x-men fans like what what was your era because you know i know so many people like me who that that's our era and like i think age of apocalypse was like our peak you know, and yeah, you couldn't yeah, get definitely. Age of Apocalypse now because everyone's going to be like, oh, they're going to, you know, like we didn't know. Like I was in They like, keep trying to make it. <laughs> yeah. I was in grade school and I'm like, wait, what, what's happening to the X titles? And like, you didn't know. You, you got your news from Wizard, you know. You yeah. Didn't get, <laughs> you didn't get any other information. And in retrospect, I was like, well, yeah, duh, they're going to bring back the original titles or whatever. But you're like, what is this thing? And now it's just, just like, you know, it felt like after that, it was like a decline. And like you, I didn't get the Morrison stuff. Like I love Morrison. Like Grant Morrison got me back in the comics with We 3 Like, you know, I was off of comics for almost 10 years. And then I read, a, uh, I just, on a whim, based on some recommendations, I picked a We 3 and I'm like, I'm, I'm back in, baby. This is, this is mm-hmm. comics, you know? And, but yeah, I, I get it. Cause you know, Grant Morrison, you know, he's, it feels like he starts off everything with like, like how fucking weird can we make this? And, but he does, it was like such like, I mean, it's like issue three that joy. he destroys Genosha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right on. I, I mean, like um, I do the thing where uh, Grant uses they, them now, but it's, um, but, but yeah, I mean, but at the same time, like there are contexts, like I loved Morrison's JLA, like from the start, yeah. like that felt like that made sense. Uh, and that yeah, was one of like yeah. that was an early formative comic for me. Uh, and yet, when you put it into other contexts, like looking back now, I'll be like, oh no, that was like that was like Grant like at like a two, mm-hmm. like occasionally <laughs> hopping. And then whenever things got too weird, you had like a a, a Mark Wade fill in that just kind of brought everything <laughs> back to like, no, yeah. no, this this you this world is real. Um, mm-hmm. But it's um, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting that like now. Um, as an adult, I, I try to be patient when I see like 
when we talk about those hyperbolic reactions to things happening in comics, like the idea that like everything, even like when we were young, yeah, they were taking big risks. Like they hadn't, you know, like we were, we were kids when they killed Superman. We didn't yeah. know they were going to unkill Superman, even though they knew from the beginning they were going to do it. Yeah. And then later to find out that it was just to kill times so that the wedding could happen at the same time on TV as it happened in the comics is really funny. Um, but like now I, I do have to be like, oh, okay, you know what? When, when, when you're 14 and you're reading comics, you don't necessarily, you know, even if you have the online tools, you're not necessarily keyed in with the rhythm of how this stuff always cycles back around. It's, it's still real to you, damn it, for a little while longer. <laughs> so it, it, but, but when something happens like, like the Rikokoa era, where it really does feel like, everything else that has happened in the X-Men, that was a whole other era that's over now, and we're not going back. And I know that now they're talking about this at the end of that, but it doesn't feel like the end of that is necessarily going to mean going right back to where everything was before. It feels like something new would have to happen, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure will be dictated by whatever shape the Disney X-Men movies are going to take. But but, uh, it's, it's interesting to look back and realize that like this stuff was cyclical before we got there to an extent the mm-hmm. cycles have gotten yeah. much much faster right yes but um the idea that like oh it's weird that tim drake is not like the robin anymore it's like mm-hmm. no well yeah man but people who were reading 10 years before you were like oh no jason todd was like was robin when i started reading and the people you know before that was like mystic grayson it's it's you're you're meant you are meant to outgrow it and then if you go back into it, you have to be willing to say, like, when it comes to big two stuff, obviously, comics is huge. It's all kinds of things. But, like, when it comes to big yeah. two stuff, be like, okay, this is going to be somebody else's version now. And I got to be cool. I got I to gotta be cool with it being, like, it might be the same thing that I already read. And I'll be like, they did this already. It's like, yeah, but this isn't for you. This is for them. Yeah. Or it might be totally different. Be like, it's not like what I remember. It's like, well, you can't have it both ways. And also, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not for you. Yeah. You, you you get to play no. in the sandbox if you want. Exactly, and that that even stretches to other things. Like, um, I think a kind of a, a topic that's been discussed on at least on my show for a bit is the the new Ninja Turtles. Like, mm-hmm. I love Mutant Mayhem. I absolutely Ooh, me too. Me too. Love. I also fully recognize like you know a lot of those characters introduced into there are not the same version. That's fine, you know. And you know i'm not talking about the people who are upset about the ethnicity of april or whatever Mm -hmm. or her appearance i'm talking about the people who like there are people who are legitimately upset that leatherhead wasn't a giant cajun sounding (laughs) you know uh alligator like i mean you have that already though like this isn't (laughs) for you exactly especially now when you you can paramount plus proudly boasts that they have every turtle show no one's taken that from you. If you want to watch the old one or if you want to show your kids the old one, it's all right there. It's it's all there. And it's fine. If that's not us. Like and it's just it 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 is that thing, you know, and unfortunately, as as we know, people can't let go of the fact that this is not for you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the joys I've actually had in, you know, reading more independent comics is like Knowing, yeah, X Men and stuff like that's not for me anymore. But I'm finding all these other stories that I never thought would be for me, and they are. And and enjoying those so much more. And you know, I was um, the red bins in the back here. I was kind of talking about before the show. 
you know, these are my comics from when I was growing up or when I was collecting, you know, more heavily and in the early 2010s. And I'm going through these things and I'm seeing some of these cycles come through. Like I found my whole run of Wolverine and the X-Men. I'm like, oh, when Wolverine was running the Jean Grey school for kids and younger, youngsters. Mm-hmm. Or like X-Men Utopia when they had their island again mm-hmm. <laughs> of, just their, of just them. Um, and, you know, things like that. And I'm, I'm trying to find like, I was trying to think of what am I purging? What am I keeping? And I'm like, what, what is what what's you know nothing none of this stuff you know only a few of these things really felt like the x-men i knew that i that was endeared to me and that's fine they didn't have to be for me but like if it's not for me like it's fine i'm i'll i'll just move on um i think, I think the last thing that really felt like for me was the this is a long time ago the messiah complex series uh crossover they had that felt like executioner song and fatal attractions and all those crossovers and that was still like 10, 12 years ago <laughs> at this point. So I'm excited to check out the the the, the Krakoa stuff though, because too many people whose opinions I trust have said it's really good. So <laughs> and you know I, I I haven't ever been disappointed by you know uh, Hickman's work or anything like that. So yeah, I, I, I'm down to give it a shot. But um, thanks for indulging the X talk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on all this and 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 that, but um. So I, I don't want to keep you too long. It's it, I know it's much later over there than it is over here. Um, and uh, so are you afraid of the dark universe? Phase three has officially started. You have a, a episode it's kicked with, off. Uh, yeah. with Lisa Jackson talking about uh, Colossus, uh, the, the old movie from the 70s, which I was unaware of. It was a great episode, though. We were um, both I, unaware I, of it as well. Yeah. And yeah. now now we're we're forbidden pilled. And someone yeah. I saw on uh, Instagram, someone bought like the Blu-ray of it because of our episode. Really? Oh, I think wow. it's still in print in Europe or something. So well, that's cool. Uh, it sounds I got a text from my sister saying that uh, that she and her husband just found it on Vimeo and started watching it. <laughs> so I'm, Universal I'm, owes us some money for uh, <laughs> for that Blu-ray sale. Yeah. Um, and 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 in a fun fashion, you both you. You announced your slate of phase of Dark Universe yes. phase three movies, <laughs> and uh, I, you know, my obvious ties aside, you know, I am very excited for the Van Helsing one because <laughs> mm-hmm. I have I have my own female Van Helsing uh, comic. <laughs> you do, doing, yeah, which is very different from uh, you know, it's obviously different from uh, your take, but I'm because ex- I really liked her appearance in Dracula Lives. It's kind of being this unhinged like all monsters must die uh, type person. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm, I think I'm probably either most excited for that one just because it is the one thing like, Oh, this is kind of the, the different one. Like, I don't know what to expect out of this one yet. I have um, some big but, plans for that one. Some very big plans. And then um, I'm also looking forward to uh, Dylan, your mummy movie because oh, of what, which um, might be out by the time this comes out i don't know what date this is set um, to this, air this will, this will be coming out uh next monday i believe okay so it'll be out this upcoming sunday then so okay. yeah the mummy okay. heaven's gate which is our third mummy movie and the first mm-hmm. official like canon phase three canon episode yeah. it's of like phase two and, three and a half hours long and uh so uh, now's the time to jump on if you're yes. if you're hearing this uh, because we're yeah. phase three really kicks off like full steam ahead on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm 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 excited because 
because you're you're both exchanging previous characters you've kind of had that ownership mm-hmm. of the movie on so i'm interested to see and based based at dylan on what you said in this previous episode with gita on your kind of ideas for the mummy uh in terms of uh directors and all mm-hmm. that i'm really interested to see what 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 that's gonna what that's gonna look like um so i'm i'm, I'm definitely and also you know the black lagoon sequel <laughs> i'm, I'm yeah, excited for that as well be a challenge because baby yeah <laughs> it's it's and i gotta write a fucking musical uh-huh <laughs> no one's making you do this except for now you really do have to yeah the, uh, the fans are you've are, thrown your hat over the wall I, the fans I, would riot I, if i wrote a phantom <laughs> sequel that wasn't a musical i i the one who said they were not the fan of the musicals uh, am now mm-hmm. officially demanding that it is a musical. <laughs> See, people are demanding and, it. I got to uh-huh. do it. I'm pretty sure I I, 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 I tagged you on Twitter or Blue Sky or one of the places. But like, you need any chugga chuggas guitars in your? Oh in yeah. Your, in your, if you, give me a call. <laughs> You're the chugga chugga king. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, I, I'm excited for this whole slate of stuff. Uh, everyone, it, it's just such an entertaining podcast. You can't. Thank you. Even if you think you're not going to like, oh, I re- I'm not really a fan of Frankenstein or or whatever, like you're you're going to dig it. It, it. it is really just the the passion you two have for telling the stories and all that is very infectious. And thank you, thank you so much. Backing that up with quality takes on these characters and just the way the universe is together and and all that. It it, it really is, and I really enjoy the casting notes you all have, like. Thank with you. um like with the wolfman uh why am i forgetting the mason young man's gooding? name what's that mason gooding yes yes yeah like, i i i i knew his face but like i did, didn't mm-hmm. know him and we recently watched all this recent scream movies mm-hmm. yeah and so oh, screen and i'm like who i like i have to look up who did his voice on the podcast because they did a damn good job of copying this guy's voice oh i'll pass that on hey shout out julian ames julian yeah, ames drummer the aforementioned drummer I from mean, new jersey was, like, like, was also oh, the wow. voice of our wolfman like so. they, they did a, they did a great job like just because once once he started speaking in, in in the movie i'm like oh wait yes that's right and then yeah <laughs> so yeah so it, it, there you go <laughs> uh and, and again i i love the the uh the end of phase movies where you do essentially the audio play and, and, and do yeah, all that. We do stuff. a two part audio play. Those are so much a, fun. A full cast uh, and a full screenplay. And it's so much work. And we're doing three of them this phase. <laughs> yeah, that's so actually we're doing the holiday special, yeah. which we're, we're yeah, writing right next now. month. We're going to have the dark universe holiday special, which, which will be fully acted by the voice cast. So, which <sighs> again, yeah. like I get, it you know I could throw it again I could just throw a dart at any of the things you all have announced and like yeah that's I, I can't wait to hear that it's gonna be exciting <laughs> so we we uh, only want to you know announce things that people are gonna be excited about so I think uh, we, we that we're always right. aiming for like yeah big ideas and uh, new mm-hmm. stuff that hasn't been done before awesome well even though um, this is mostly all sequels <laughs> for this phase yeah, yeah. Uh, well. Uh, Dalton, Dylan, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I don't want to keep you any longer. Uh, thank you, everyone, Don. Um, please go check out Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe? Uh, Dylan, Dalton, let everyone know where they can find you and the show online. Uh, yeah, so um, you can find us uh, on any 
podcatcher, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe is the name of the show. You can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Blue Sky at Dark Pod. Uh, hell, you can email us at darkuniversepod at gmail.com. I'm Dalton DeShane everywhere, uh, D-A-L-T-O-N-D-E-S-C-H-A-I-N, and Dylan is Dylan Roth everywhere, uh, except Instagram because you don't really use it. No, but I, I'm, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm Dylan Roth on uh, on Twitter and Blue Sky. That's spelled Dylan like Bob Roth like David Lee. Uh, you can find my band No Jersey on various streaming platforms. That's at No Jersey, no problem. Wherever you at things. Oh, and I've written a bunch of comics with Don. We've, yeah, uh, I have a, I have a horror comic series called Monocle. Uh, that's like Tales from the Crypt set in Silicon Valley. Um, Don has done a number of stories and some covers and stuff. Um, and you can find all that at uh, monocle.com or spooky.zone. Just type in spooky.zone <laughs> into your browser uh, and you'll get to my Patreon. Uh, and I sell the floppies on my Bandcamp. So, and yeah. I, I, I am so sorry. Uh, I almost forgot. We did have a question from Twitter from fellow oh. artist and monocle artist, I believe, Pete Callens. Yes. Yes, uh, did an guest, amazing uh, all, monocle story. All around great dude. Um, mm-hmm. He wants to know uh, where the B fifty two homage stuff from. Honestly, it was just like this podcast, a joke idea I had one time that then ended up following <laughs> through on. Uh, it was just, I think, because I I figured out I could do the Fred Schneider voice pretty well. I think I mm-hmm. was just fucking around with some friends and and. Uh, the the original the first song that occurred to me was like what if we did Old Town Road because that was like the big song at yeah. the time that was huge in 2019, um, and it was just like oh what if I was just like you know I got the horses in the back you know and I was like just doing that <laughs> with some friends to fuck around and I was like what if I made a band and we covered all like pop songs like in the style like that's such a and and then I was like okay I have to do this uh, and it just spiraled out of control from there as my ideas often do but it was it's really just oh i can do the fred voice isn't it funny when i do this mm-hmm. little nas x song like that and yeah here we are five go. years later <laughs> somehow awesome awesome and you got a new ep and all that coming out very soon new uh, ep will be out in december with uh three or four uh depending on how many i finish uh b69 <laughs> songs uh the tentative title for the ep i'll announce that here as well is 1979 Fred's version. <laughs> nice. Oh. Off clap. Off clap. Awesome. Both of you, thanks again so much. Uh, I'll make sure there's links to everything in the show notes below. All right. Everyone, go check it out. Thank you, Don. It was a pleasure thanks being on here.